The year 1583. Gebhard, Prince-Elector and Archbishop of Cologne, has married and converted to Calvinism. Despite pressure from the Holy Roman Empire, Gebhard is unwilling to concede the power of his clerical office. Consequently, Pope Gregory XIII has excommunicated him. The Catholic Church has moved to throw their support behind Ernst of Bavaria and with him the armies of the Counter-Reformation. Our story unfolds three years later in the besieged city of Neuss. Knights of the Shed Actual Play Podcast presents Zweihander Escape the Noose Hey everybody, welcome back to the Shed. We're here again, but this time uh, I'm not your judge. Uh, we're not playing DCC this time, we are playing Zweihander. So uh, I'm going to throw it across to Paul, who's our Game Master, to introduce the game. Uh, hello everyone, it's Paul here, and uh, yeah, this is my first attempt at running uh, something that's not D20 based, and so I'm really looking forward to this, and so excuse all the fumbling around, but hopefully I'll I'll do a, a reasonable job of it, but uh, half of it's over to the players as well. So, uh, to my left is Hayden again. Uh, my character is a 13-year-old boy <laughs> who's an animal tamer. Uh, he has a dog named Frieda. His name is Helmut Siegler. Dave? It's Dave again. I'm playing this time. I am playing a smuggler whose name is Rafe Reimer. He is kind of not the uh, exciting type of smuggler. He doesn't smuggle uh, contraband as such, you know, not drugs or anything like that. He smuggles mainly wool and grain, and his main goal is just to avoid excise. He is somewhat cowardly, or at least reticent to uh, get himself into trouble. I think that's about it for now. Hello, it's Toby again. This time I'm playing a 63-year-old nun. Not by choice. This is what I rolled up. Um. So, yeah, playing a... 63-year-old nun who basically lives uh, cloistered away from everyone and uh, doesn't really have much to do with uh, the everyday life of everyone else. I've basically been locked in the closet. Hey, Kevin. Today, I will be playing a 93-year-old baker woman who's just, who's just tired of every every young <laughs> punk. Tired of everything. Just wants to retire. Come on. She's <laughs> had a long life. Hi, I'm Richie. I'm playing Bias Philibus. Bias is an antiquarian, escaped serf. Uh, he thinks he might have the Black Plague. Is it self-diagnosis? <laughs> yeah, self-diagnosed. Yeah, and he has some other unusual distinguishing features, including webbed hands and feet. Right, oh, so let's get into it. You have until now been going about your professions, but fate has brought you to the walled medieval city of Neuss, some miles downriver from the imperial free city of Cologne. You've become unwitting actors caught in a war. Neuss has been laid to siege by counter-reformation forces led by the astute Alexander Farnes, Duke of Parma. Opposing the Duke is the young and honourable Friedrich Claude, with his garrison of 1,600 men, who politely refused the city's capitulation to the Duke's forces. 
Yesterday was the feast of St. James and a ceasefire. Today, the cannon barrage began anew and the ninth sortie saw the walls breached. Not knowing if the next cannonball would cut you in half has been unnerving. Littered in the streets are the occasional bloody mass or severed limb. The garrison commander Clote is dead. They caught and hanged him and his retainers from a window in the town square. His leg has been nearly severed by a prior injury. Despite fighting honourably, they hanged and dishonoured him like a criminal. The citizens are all being massacred as they attempt escape from the burning buildings. To those offering surrender, no quarter has been given. You have survived the bombardment of the day, but the Duke of Parma's Spanish and Italian troops occupy the city, slaughtering and looting with impunity. It is midday. For the moment, you are holed up with other townsfolk in the lustrous cloak, a fortified tavern and hostelry. Fire has spread to adjacent buildings, and it is only a matter of time before it catches here. You are in no immediate danger. So I'd be really interested to know, um, we'll just go around the table, how you came to be in use at this time. Helmut's always been in use. Um, he was born here, he's now orphaned, and um, doesn't really know any better. Mainly he regrets not getting out of this stupid city. He probably could have survived in the wilderness, but now he's, uh, the city's been as laid under siege and he's stuck there and he's not real happy about that. Rafe has come to the city as part of his regular trade. He he moves goods up and down the river and he just happened to end up here at the wrong time. Up until now, Marja didn't even know there was a war. So I'm in a mild bit of panic uh, over in a corner praying to, my, to, to God. That would be traditional? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Well, I've left Poland to retire. Getting on in my in my years and yeah, the war just swept me along and I've been doing my best to stay out of the way. I've escaped from my tyrannical lord over the border in those Netherlands. Uh the Lord Van Randall uh escaped to this town. And could you tell me, with the war now raging for a three years or so. Have you done anything extraordinary for those perhaps uh, outside of the town? Anything you regret? And, and also, just generally, how are you holding up with the current situation? Well, I'm sick to death of the current situation. I just want to get out of here. I haven't done anything particularly outstanding to change my situation. I was um, cornered in, some, in, a, in an alley by a couple of soldiers, but uh, my dog protected me. I said before that Rafe has uh, come to the city as part of his regular trade, and that's sort of a lie. Rafe was born in England. He's half German and half English, and he is thus Anglican. And as a result of that, in addition to smuggling grains and wool, he has been smuggling messages and other things in support of the efforts of the Protestants from England to the continent uh, and moving them around. In terms of his current situation, he is um, his... Chaos alignment uh, within the rules is cowardice, so certainly in extreme situations he displays that particular uh, disposition and I think he's probably displaying some of it right now. And it's interesting at this time there were a lot of eyes on the war in Cologne for the very reason of let's see how the, uh, the Protestants go against the Catholics and what that would mean for the politi political situation in the region. Marja basically regrets locking herself away. She's missed out a lot on a lot, apparently. Is there a backstory 
that uh, you'd like to talk now about why No, it's she... just uh, an anchorite is, by by nature, they cloister themselves away and uh, spend most of their life in contemplation of God and study. So I've basically missed out on most of what's been going on in the world. Well, I'm Jewish and I've just been trying to stay out of the nonsense between the Protestants and whatever the other one is. The Catholics? Uh, <laughs> Doesn't doesn't even worry me. They're all the same. Yeah. And I've done a lot of shady stuff in my life. And more recently, a lot of poisoning <laughs> to get away from situations I wouldn't otherwise get away from. And I don't regret it. So when you, <laughs> when you say poisoning, could you expand on what you mean? Sometimes a garrison would come into a town where I'm staying and as a as a baker i you know make some fanciful pastries with a bit of extra flavor and what are the consequences of your poisoning nothing too terrible just some upset stomachs maybe some painful slow deaths <laughs> <laughs> uh, if if i can get away from the situation then i don't worry about it some light fatalities <laughs> <laughs> only the weak ones Okay. Well, how about to reflect that? Could you roll D6 corruption and add it to your character sheet? Thank you. Five. For, Good uh, roll. Yeah. The war made you do it. Well, Bias has been doing whatever it takes to survive. So extraordinary measures, uh, I would say yes. I'm sure he's been in many scrapes. Has he done anything that he regrets? Well, he regrets leaving his son behind in Greece, but it was too dangerous to bring him. And he's conflicted about that because it's also dangerous to leave his family under this tyrannical lord. Well, as, uh, as you're aware, there's been bombardment of the, of the city and uh, anyone in such situations, it would um, be very stressful. So I'd just like to have you all make a resolve check for stress. Okay, so that's a deep percentile against your resolve skill. Is there any modifier to this at all? Let's start off by making it standard. I have a plus 20 to resist stress. So I have to, because I've got a point in resolve, I have to roll under 51, right? So, yeah, it'll be yeah. your willpower plus 10. Yeah, so, yeah, cool. I passed. I rolled a uh, 46. Passed. I passed. And I failed by seven. I failed by six. So for those of you who have failed, could you please roll 2d10 peril? And if that uh, beats your peril threshold, you pop down down the peril track. Yeah, that does. So I become imperiled, yes? Yep. Good. Imperiled doesn't give you any penalty, does it? It just means that you are now at risk if you fail again. Mm. So the big number is your peril threshold. A plus WB. Is that right? Yep. So three plus your will bonus. Yeah. yeah. Yep, I failed. So you'll you'll need to mark off imperiled on your track there. Got it. So Rafe and Bias have failed their resolve checks and they are now imperiled. Rafe, is it obvious to, to see how the stress is getting to him? What you can see is, so so Rafe has a cart and he has a horse uh, named Clotilda and you can see he's sort of by one of the windows of the tavern, like looking 
uh, to where the, the animals are kept. And he's worried about, one, worried about his horse, but he's also worried about uh, the content of his cart. Um, he's got some product. Uh, maybe he's got something else that he doesn't want anybody to find. So he, he's very obviously sort of pacing back and forth, looking out the window, checking on his cart and checking on Clotilda. Great, thanks. And how about bias? Oh, yeah, very. Uh, he's very stressed. I mean, he has the, basically, uh, when I said doing anything to survive, I mean, he's basically been eating discarded garbage of other people. I mean, so he's like really ill. He's, yeah, uh, struggling, physically struggling, a bit delirious. The inn you're in is called the Lustrous Cloak Inn. It's made from heavy timbers with a stone ground floor. It has a gated courtyard, which is closed and barred, and a wooden stable where the cart and Clotilde is parked. The premises is well kept and orderly. The common room has a large hearth and can seat two score people. An arbalist is mounted above the mantle with three quarrels in the white and red colours of Cologne. Outside you hear the barking commands of a mercenary soldier of unknown origin, who the locals have dubbed as Perosukio, which means the dirty dog. A notorious debaucher and murderer. Now he is ordering his men to crack open the gates to a nearby townhouse. Skulking next to him is a female gypsy camp follower. She picks through the loot, keeping the best for Sukio's hoard. Many of the people in the inn moan or cry, bringing you back to your surroundings. Your current bedfellows is the Burgomeister Ludwig. He lives there with his wife Steffi, and they have three children, Ludwig Jr., Silky, and Theo. There are also four servants who you haven't met yet, and six other commoners. Some of them appear better off than others. You're thinking perhaps uh, they've lived life of being a burger. Over to you guys. How would you like to proceed? So does it sound like um, this action outside is posing a threat to us currently, that it's coming to us imminently? Not imminently. You're, uh, you're in a very secure area. However, the, you know, there's a fire next door, and it is only a matter of time before it will catch on probably and start burning down the inn as well. Is the inn made of just wood or has it got a stone um, lower level? Or Yeah, the lower level's stone, but the upper level's is heavy timbers and... You have to get out of here. Thatch and so on. Jingles. Is there a cellar or something? Will there be tunnels out of here, maybe? We do. That's probably <laughs> a que- do, question people? for the owner, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, what are, they, what, what are the others who are here looking like doing? Are they looking to abandon the place? Or do they, they seem like they're going to stay put? Or, or what's the situation with them? They're all pretty much uh, stunned and, and very stressed. Uh, lots of them are looking out the window and occasionally reporting in on what's happening over the street. There's a variety of reactions. There is a man down in the, the cellar who is who sort of came in early on after the bombardment and he's down there muttering to himself, talking about um, how the inn's the only safe place. The the Burgomeister's, him, who knows, perhaps he has a, a bit of a false sense of security, but he he talks about how being in the, the um, hospitality business is his trade and surely when he'll be able to to hopefully talk the, the soldiers into to sparing him and his family and everyone within. Others are not so sure. 
particularly given what's going on outside. I mean, is our impression if we just go out on the street visibly, we'll, we'll just get attacked? Yeah. Okay. Mm. So, you guys might want to talk amongst yourselves. Um, I'm not, I don't know if you know each other. But one thing is that uh, occasionally people go over to a hole in the wall near the fireplace and talk to someone in there. Well, that pikes my interest. <laughs> They'll go over and um, ask what's going on. I'm praying. I'm in that hole praying. Is there, is there someone in there? Yeah, one of the little kids. Say, yes, there is. It's um, it's uh, Marja. She lives in there. She lives in the wall. <laughs> Don't be silly. There's no one living in the wall. She does. I'll go over and have a look. When you approach, um, you can see that there's a, a I guess, a, for want of a better term, it's a, a, a shed that's been converted into a cell. Uh, it's all it's all been bricked up. There's a like a bank teller type <laughs> bars and a, yeah. and a hole to put in food. And there's um, a small portal outside where a uh, a bucket could be removed for the um, for night soil and those okay. sorts of things. And inside is a I guess a an older lady praying. Yes, but I have perfect posture. <laughs> what, what, what are you doing in there? Praying? Well, pray harder. <laughs> There's people outside. Uh, I've been praying harder <laughs> since I heard about the war, oh, which okay. I found out about five minutes ago. Okay. Do you have a way out? No. What at all? Well, what about that um that 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 place where they get rid of the, the bucket? I could maybe yeah, I could probably squeeze out through there if I had to. So is that around the back of the um? The inn? Yeah, the, you have to go out the front door of the inn into the courtyard. Yeah. And then it's a, a left and there's a, a, a small shed building next to the stables. So we could make a better escape through there if we could get into the... get into the, the, the... You want to come into my home? <laughs> well... No. I just want to get out of here. Either that or we can barricade this place up. I don't know. It doesn't seem very safe. There's people outside and they sound like they want to hurt us. So who's here that is not... The inn owner in his family, but is not one of the player characters. Okay, there are four servants. Yep. Well, we've got Catherine, and uh, she says things like, surely the, the troops, they're not going to be that barbaric. After all, we all worship the same god, don't we? As if they would would, would slaughter us. I, I don't understand. Maybe those other people were sinners, and, and they've been caught collaborating with, with the enemy and something, but surely we're going to be okay. When she talks about collaborating with the enemy, you see uh, Rafe gulp. <laughs> <laughs> However, Jorg, he shakes his head. Oh, those who live by the sword will die by the sword. But as for us without swords, I think we get it even worse. I don't think there's anything we can do except uh, make peace with our makers. Seems a bit fatalistic. <laughs> I think, <laughs> can't we get out of here? Well, have you looked at the streets and what's happening out there? Well, there's got to be a way out some way. That shell-shocked garrison man who came in, Otto, he said uh, they've got got the whole place surrounded. Cannons over the river and then uh, the the whole city encircled on the outside by the Duke of Palmer's men. We'll get out somehow. So Rafe is a smuggler and uh, admittedly um, his... Approach to smuggling is is much more about uh, knowing where and when he can move things and making sure the right bribes have been made and 
that sort of thing. But does he know of any secret ways in or out of the city or any smuggling routes, secret tunnels, secret hideaways, <laughs> that sort of thing? Tunnel. Make a skullduggery test, please. Uh, routine for one of your profession. What does skullduggery fall under? Uh, agility. Is it? Yes. Make skullduggery using uh, your intelligence bonus. What about rumour? Would that make sense? That's a fellowship skill. Or maybe guile. I've gone with rumour because I'm trained in rumour. <laughs> <laughs> Go Well, tell me how you're going to use rumour. Uh, well, uh, this is more of a... Um, I guess I'm thinking this is more not, not that I'm I'm trying to find out from anyone in the inn who probably doesn't know, but that you know I would be plugged into all of these kind of things uh, within the town, and, and when I would have arrived in town, I've probably been here before, but you know I, I would check in with the people I knew and and check in about various details and make sure I I knew uh, my ways in and out and that sort of thing. I'm as I say cowardice, but that that's also cautious, and so that he would make sure he knew those kind of things. Sounds good. Make a roll. Uh, and this was r- routine? Yes. So that's plus 10, yeah? Rolling against a 69, I still failed, so 81. Oh, uh, from, from, from memory, no one's mentioned anything apart from the usual escape routes, you know, at this point in the wall or that point in the wall, certain gate or this guard can be bribed. However, having a, an army... On the outside, probably not going to help you too much. Well, I'm not just going to sit here and wait for them to come in. I'm going to head down to the cellar. I've heard rumours of, of of passages for smugglers and things in the past. I'm just going to hope that if I dig around down there, maybe I can find something. Well, the, the cellar is full of supplies, um, root crops, those sorts of things. And there is also a man in the library of the garrison, Muse. He's got a, he's sort of all blackened and um, has a limp. And he's frantically pulling out bricks from the cellar wall. Do you know of anything down here, sir? What? Do you know if there's a way out? There's no way out of this city. Well, why are you pulling out bricks? Because, um, because we need to, we need to find somewhere safe to hide from them. You think we can just barricade ourselves in the wall? No. Like the nun upstairs? I thought about that, but because she's upstairs, I definitely find her. But down here, no one can find us. That actually seems like a pretty good idea, but perhaps we could, yeah, make a small place for us to hide. And That's right. But there's food, and um, when it rains, the water will hopefully seep through the ground and we can drink it. I'm, I'm, I'm on this guy's page. We I'm need his wavelength. We could get some idea. barrels and get some alcohol from, from the bar. We could live down here. We could create a city underground. <laughs> it does does this hole actually lead anywhere, or is he just moving some bricks and then putting them in front of himself and <laughs> hoping that no terrible. one will find him behind the bricks? Is that a question? Yeah, of course. And my character, character is observing the situation, going, it, like, does this tunnel lead anywhere, or is this guy insane, basically? Make a scrutinize roll. Routine. Well, can I do that too? If I'm... Ah, yes. And down there. Trying to establish if this seems like a viable... If I have scrutinised coloured in one dot, what does that mean? You get a plus 10 to the roll. So you get a plus 10 to your percentage. I succeeded with a 40. I got a 33. Is that, that's like a critical, isn't it? And, as, and I succeeded. Critical success, yes. So what does that mean? Well, um, you realise that this man is 
quite mad. <laughs> He's made a hole about as big as a bucket to start his underground city. Okay. So I've established that. And he's course. manic. He he's he's you know he's so convinced that this is the the only way to go. Well, having realised that that looks terrible, I'm going to try and calm him down. And look, I don't think we I don't think we can get in there. That's that's far too small. It's not going to work. I'm going to interject and and ask the boy to help me look for any actual way out down here. Like, are there any doors or? Trap doors or openings, stairs. Make an awareness check whilst uh, Otto argues with <laughs> Helmet. I can't have another scrutinise, can I? No. Okay. I got a 26, though. That's pretty good, right? You uh, make a, a thorough check of the area. Tapping on walls, I guess, and that sort of thing. I mean, I'm an educated man. Hmm. You go to all the... Um, the parts, uh, you you know, remember a chapter back in a book of how to escape from the siege cellars, uh, try all the usual tricks, but alas, there is nothing here apart from a hole in the ground where they store food and other things. Okay, well, I'll say, Helmet, I think we should go somewhere else to okay, figure this out. You seem a bit, bit more sensible. I'm going to stick with you. Helmet, Helmet, no! No, don't listen to him. This is the way. You you said you've got a small dog. Maybe he can help too, or or her. It's a her. Frida's a her. But there's no way we can dig through. Does it look like I can dig through that? Even if everyone in the place came down there and started digging, would we be getting anywhere? Well, you never know. We could break into an <laughs> one of those rumored underground Roman sewers or something like that. I don't know <laughs> enough about. It doesn't seem likely. How about look? You're you're a military man. You can, we can if we make a stand, or at least go upstairs and barricade the place. Perhaps we can we could do better than this. Make a stand. Did you see what happened to the garrison? Well, if did you see what happened to Claude? They blew his leg half <laughs> off, and then they hung him from a window with his retainers. There is. We have, we, there's, uh, look, it starts scrabbling again at the, um, okay, his nose is bleeding. Fine, yeah, I'm, okay, sorry, 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 Otto, you stay here. Rafe would like to, if it's still safe, go upstairs just to get a better look out onto the street uh, and get a sense if the soldiers in the streets are moving um, building to building or. You know, are they going into every building they come across and dragging people out? Do we think that they are going to come in here and, and, and drag us out? Or uh, what are they going to do if they come into the tavern? Right. While you're observing, you notice one of the uh, Spanish soldiers test the gate to the, uh, the courtyard and, and rattle it. Uh, however, it holds firm, yet... Um, you do hear a comment made, which is about how the nut will pop soon once it uh, the chestnut heats in the fire. Okay, so it does seem like they're trying to get in here now, or at least interested in it. They are interested. However, they're patient. It's a matter of time. Is there a back way? Is the place surrounded? Can I see uh, anything? This, the, yeah, the um, building's kind of built into other building 
Is there, I mean, is there something about this tavern why they would want to take it? Do they think there's something valuable in here? I assume they're not going into every single house in the city at this stage that, you know, they have some kind of plan. Mm. Is there some reason we think that they want to get in here? You don't know at this time. Rafe will come back downstairs and say, um, uh, I've just been looking there. The Spanish are making their way. They're trying to get into the courtyard and I think they're just going to wait us out until the fire takes the top level and we've got no choice. A whole heap of the uh, people in the inn overhear you and <laughs> let her wail in unison. Um, and uh, some of them start biting fingernails and, and Jittery, the, uh, the burgomeister of the inn, he lines up a, a shot of uh, schnapps and at the revelation of this news, uh, possible that you might be all feeling a little bit tenser now. Let's go for a resolve check. I'm going to pray. Routine. The routine or standard? What does that mean? We'll go sorry. routine. Thanks. So routine's plus 10% to the relative re- relevant Oh, so you add plus... Number. Yep. Yes. So it's a willpower test, willpower resolve, and you get an additional 10. I pass then, because I get the plus 10. I passed with a 37. I failed. 37. Failed with a 90. Okay. 2d10 peril. 127. No, so you, you treat that the plus 20 is a bonus to your percentage, okay. not to your... So ro- not 77. Okay. Um, I still fail then. Uh... Oh, I only rolled five, which is less than my peril threshold. Um, where do you use the, the higher peril threshold? That, that's a, the number of um, steps you take, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Four for peril threshold. So that's not above your... No. So hang on, what, do I, what was I rolling? I 2D10. failed that, so I rolled 2d10. 2d10, okay. Okay, I've got a six and a nine. So you add them so together yeah, to make 15. 15 and then Is that check above your peril? Your... Uh, it's above it, yes. It's so it exceeds your second one, so you move two steps down the track. Oh, okay. Is that a critical Plus... failure? I rolled two tenths. On? On the peril check. Peril. Oh, so you rolled 20. Yeah. Okay, so what's, what's your peril threshold? So it's got a number of steps. Eight. Yep, then. Eleven. Then. Seventeen. Then. Twenty-three. Okay, so you're on the seventh, the third one, and figure out what happened to you that's so bad that that happened. I have a drawback of Dunderhead. <laughs> uh, I go one additional step on the peril track for mental peril. So that was mental peril, correct? Yes. So, yeah, that's an, uh, another one on top of that. So I'm really losing it quickly. And one corruption. So it's just one corruption point that I put. That's right. So, uh, several of the characters have become mentally more stressed. It's been Joan, who's particularly affected, and also Helmet, is, uh, <laughs> who has the Dunderhead <laughs> trait, who is finding it uh, overwhelming as well. Is there anything we should know about um, your character's stress reactions? Oh, I'm just going to go straight up to the, to the Burgermeister and... Grab him by the ear and demand that he tells us another way out. <laughs> I, 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 I don't, don't know. I, I just managed, thought I'd try and talk my way out of it. Don't, oh, look at me. I'm don't a... fool with me, boy. I'm too old to die here. <laughs> look, old woman, just just settle down. Here, have a drink on me. I take the drink. Pull yourself together, woman. 
How, how, how can we get out of this? What, what houses are next door? Perhaps we could knock down a wall and set fire to this place as we flee. These, these walls are solid. What, we can't knock them down. It's like trying to destroy a room. Have you got a, a blockbuster or something? <laughs> yeah, I'm freaking out and running Who's going to wield it? You? I'll wield it. I'll, I'll run towards the nearest wall and just start beating on it with my hands. Your uh, attack on the wall. Proves largely ineffective. There's uh, one of the uh, commoners. She says, "Well, I'm I'm a, also a person person of importance, and um, I'm I'm hoping that the privilege of my high station will be able to allow me to pass free. I'm, I'm sure they'll ransom me, but do carry on. It's I find this uh, somewhat amusing. I'm, I'm going to go over and smack her. Oh, <laughs> okay. She quietens, or he quietens rather. It's a, he's a, a snob named Lars." Enough of your ninny footing around, Lars. Dear me, he um, pats his cheek where you've hit him and you see his hands are bejeweled with rings. Perhaps if we give them Lars, they'll just let the rest of us go. I, I race to the door and um, start yelling out into there. We have a noble in here. If we send him out, can the rest of us go? There's no word from the street. A few people turn, but it's a bit hard to see through the, the gate. You notice um, that a house over the street has fires now licking the sky. That's not good. That's not good. The roof. The roof. We can, can we get across the roofs? If all, if all these places are stuck together, we can't go down, we'll go up. So, yeah, I'm going to race upstairs. I follow. And, um, yeah, stick my head out a window and, um, yeah, see if I can get up to the roof. So the roofs are uh, slate shingles. Yeah. And from up here, it provides a reasonable vantage of the, the whole area. From where you are, sort of to the, to the south, there is a, a cathedral and the town square. And there is a mass of Italian and Spanish troops sort of circulating there. That is, it's like they've created that as their forward base, effectively splitting the whole town into two. There are large sections of the city that are on fire. There's a lot of smoke around. The inn is situated on the, the, I guess, the main boulevard that goes from east to west, the two city gates. And occasionally there are, you know, troops um, patrolling and streaming there. People, like some people will be falling out of houses onto the street where they're being butchered or seized by the Duke of Palmer's men. Getting along the roofs, there would be a, a very singular sort of, you know, you could go from house to house, but it looks like there are some sections of the city that are being razed to the ground, and the destruction here is with impunity. We're done for. We're done for. What are we going to do? To the to the south of where you are, you can just make out across the Rhine River a heap of cannons set up. Occasionally, they they let a cannonball fly, pounding into the somewhere into the city. Occasionally there's the splinter of wood and a, a building collapsing. The fire seems to be doing the work. Well, what are we going to do? Bias jumps out the window. <laughs> I'll see how that goes. <laughs> I'm going to chill in my room. <laughs> you should really get out of there. So the ones circling the cathedral, they're um, enemy soldiers as well, aren't they? Yeah. There, there's very little resistance. There are pockets of resistance, but generally there's no defending army. This place would have an attic, wouldn't it? Yes. And the surrounding buildings are similar height? Yeah, they're all very similar. You could make your way along the roof and to... Built against one another or yeah. alleyways? They're built against um, each other or very close. There might be small alleyways. 
And this is what makes it so dangerous with the, the fire. It's easily, it can easily spread from one building to the next. Bias has jumped out the window onto the roof. It's an impressive but also very demoralising picture. From here you can also see the docks and there are some, you know, some people fleeing by boat. Um, cannons having shots at people going downstream and a few wrecks in the river as well. I'm following him. I'm going to chill in my room. Another fellow in the bar, Reinhold. He, um, I've got an idea. I think we should all get really drunk because there is going to be no tomorrow. Just think, you could be going to the privy and trip over on your way back and it'd be all over. What's the difference? Well, I suppose if you tripped, you wouldn't end up on a Spaniard's pike. Well, how would you like to go? On a Spaniard's pike or through uh, your own hand uh, being inebriated? I'd be quite happy not to go at all, to be quite honest with you. Well, uh, I just can't see a way out of it. Another of the commoners pipes up. Well, in times like these, it's usually not uh, a privilege to be a woman. However, perhaps I can use my charms to... uh, Perhaps the soldiers will give me some quarter if I'm to offer something in, in kind. What do you say, girls? I know you're a bit past it, but... I'm, I'm going to go up and, and give her a smack as well. The soldiers will take what they want, whether you want to give it to them or not. She, she tries to take the, uh, yeah, take the slap stoically. Well, yes, I'm sure there'll be more of that. Thanks for conditioning about this, but when this building starts burning, I know that we've, we're just going to have to run out what? there. What? The building's uh, on fire? No, not yet. Not yet. But it will be. Well, um, uh, and, and Rafe kind of scans the whole room now. Says, does, um, does anyone have um, a good plan? I'm bailing on my, my closet. I'm going to gather <laughs> my, my belongings and uh, go into the inn. Very all, noble. All your belongings, which consist of? Clothes, a prayer book, and uh, some knuckle dusters. <laughs> Travelling light. From my misspent youth. Yeah. Yes. Wait, Marja. I, th- I think you had the right idea of it being in, in your little cloister there. I think we should keep faith. The, the Lord will surely provide a way. There is a, a season for everything under heaven. Come, I will, I will pray with you at your little window. I'm not there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he seems somewhat distraught. Well, uh, I, I shall try and keep faith at least for for. for for all of us. Rafe has lost faith in the idea that anyone downstairs is up to anything of value. So I think he's <laughs> going to make his way upstairs to try and see what the other two have been gone for a little while. <laughs> the other two are gone, mate. Go and, and see what what happened to them. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to follow Rafe. He seems to know what he's about more than these fools whimpering on the floor. So when you're upstairs, you can climb out a window onto the roof. Just make a uh, routine awareness check to see what's uh, happening outside the inn, what you're observing. So I'm probably going to make it into the main inn. Am I seeing these guys who have been hearing talking still there or...? Mm. Because these guys have disappeared upstairs by the time I've probably got into the inn. Uh, I succeed. I can't see past my cataracts. It's a bit foggy out here. Okay, I'll get back to you, Marja. But uh, there are still a lot of people on the ground floor around the bar and the hearth. Some are cowering. But up on the roof, it looks as entrapped as previously described. There is no traffic leaving the city along the roads apart from the river. And the longer you stay up here, you can see the soldiers seem to be systematically butchering everyone. And there are no attempts at all to put the fire out. In fact, it seems to be being encouraged. 
If we move along the roof, is there a way down anywhere near a gate out to the river? There's always a way down. Yeah, but if we if we can't get anywhere near the river, it's... you're going to have to cross the road at some stage. Are we surrounded by enemies, or or is there a clear sort of path where there aren't the roads being how they are? It's not heavy traffic in terms of enemy soldiers because they're just mopping up now. Rafe turns to Joan. Uh, and says, uh, well, I, I'm not, I'm not a, a confident climber, and I'm not sure there's a way down, but um, it's some of these routes that the Spanish seem sparse, and, and perhaps a, a cart travelling sufficiently fast would make them get out of the way. P- perhaps you're right, boy. I happen to have a, a little bottle bomb that we can use it as, as a distraction if, if we need to make a run for it. I was rather thinking we'd, we'd make a drive for it. Drive would suit me fine. All right, well, it's you and me, and um, I guess we should see if anyone else wants to try it. Yes, perhaps that's a good idea. Rafe, as you contemplate a speedy exit with your cart, make a regular drive skill check just to map out what you can see in terms of navigating a cart through the city. That is a failure. Your mind doesn't seem to pick out any particular obstacles to such a venture. Well, I think that's my plan then. (laughs) You also noticed down in the um, stables there is a barrel-topped wagon and there were four dray horses when you um, stabled your horse here too. Well, I I might be a smuggler, but I'm not a horse thief. Perhaps we we can set them loose in order to cause a distraction. Yes, perhaps that is a good idea. That's beyond my capabilities. <laughs> too, too old to, to go scaring horses these days. If only the animal tamer wasn't buggering off across the roof. So you're scampering. I'm with um, Bias. Wherever we're going, we're heading off across the roof, aren't we? It seemed like the only way out. <laughs> so I took it. So how, how are you going to get your dog off the roof? <laughs> <laughs> Quickly. <laughs> Same as me, I'd imagine. You're taking Frida. Frida's coming too, yeah. How big is Frida? Frida was a, um, is a, what do we say? A Great, Great Dane. Dane. Great, Great Dane. Dane. <laughs> how are you getting a Great Dane onto a roof? <laughs> well, he, he, we just jumped down. You could get out the window and then onto the roofs, can't you? You'd have to climb around up on top of the roof. Like, could you get a dog up there? I... I think if one of you was already up on the roof and someone passed the dog, but it would be tricky, not easy. By the, um, I'm not going anywhere without Frida. The pitch of the roof and the size of the dog's legs, even if we got it out onto the roof, Mm. is that going to be like a Scooby Doo (laughs) comedy (laughs) moment? Shouldn't there be a hatch on the roof that? People can climb through to repair all the tiles and stuff. Yeah, that's right. You could punch your way through the attic, through the tiles and be up there. But by the same token, running around on tiles is, it's slow and makes a lot of noise. There's a a fair bit of smoke occasionally up here as well. And you're very conspicuous scampering on a roof with tiles falling around. People... Soldiers are most likely to take shots at you with crossbows and things. Well, the idea was to get, uh, find an adjoin, adjoining roofs and make our way down to the street level. Mm, it's not going to happen, is it? I can't leave my dog behind. <laughs> the roof's not going to work, is it? Okay, no. I'm going to go. Where, where is this lot gone? I'm I'm down in the bar. Hang on. Um, Helmet, you're, you're not coming out to the I roof? I can't leave my dog, no. 
that's just an animal. What about your own life? It's worth just as much to me as my own life. Look, you go. Go on if you think you can make it, but I can't come with you. Okay, so helmet disappears. Do I think I can make it? I'm like surveying what I can see from here, thinking about what the options back in the in the inn. You have to weigh it up. It is difficult, like going across the, the rooftops. Um, you're going to have to be careful not to fall through roofs into other buildings. Can I assess a path from here that I could escape by? Make a awareness check. Perception. I think that's a pass. I got a 30 uh, below 37, so... Great. Well, there is a path, though you will need to try and do this stealthily. I've never done anything stealthily before in my life. So I think about the others inside and what my chances are of A, surviving, and B, surviving on my own after this and the fact that everyone's there and they also have to escape. And I think, what are my chances of surviving with a whole crew of people who are still stuck in a burning building? I'll consider the roof as my last resort and head back in and see what the uh, plans of all the others who are still inside are doing. Joan and Rafe, your plan... Heading, heading towards the stables. The stables. Okay, what, what, do the, what do the rest of the people observe? I think I'm going to follow these two. They seem to know what they're doing. They seem to be about something. Well, so. I'm going to... I'm going to scruff the boy and bring him along. Yeah, assume you're not caught up with them, I'm coming to. Some of the other people in the inn, they also sort of look out the window and from the door, seeing what you're doing, watching you. Rafe lets them watch, doesn't tell anyone <laughs> what the plan is. They've already all told him that they have their own plans, so he's assumed he'll make his own. Some conversation in the inn about what's happening out there in the, in the stables in the courtyard. What's that Englishman doing? So do we need to open the gate to get out of the stables? To to get out of this gated courtyard, yes. Mm. Someone will need to open the gate. I'm going to go inside and and scruff a couple of the the hardier-looking gentlemen and drag them out. Hey, well, uh, there's Jorg. He seems available at this time. He's not doing much. And there's also Sep, who's just praying. You could grab him by the collar quite easily. Come along, boys. Work to do. What are we doing? We're escaping. How? You'll see. Come along. How are you going to persuade them? I, I'm, I'm <laughs> just going to grab them by the ears and, and drag them along like a grandma would. Make an easy intimidate check. Which one is intimidate? It's a brawn skill. Brawn. Easy is plus 20%. That is a fail. They they don't seem to have any faith in whatever plan you're hatching. Um, they just see a an old woman, and perhaps their their preconceptions is going to be their death. But they're like, well, what what would you know, your old old fishwife? So Rafe is actually probably the person who's best positioned skill wise to actually go and open this gate in secret. But he is also quite scared. <laughs> so he, he goes up to Joan and he he says, "Well, I, I suppose I could open the gate, but really I have to drive the cart. Um, no one else, uh, Clotilda, will not do what anyone else says. So it's it's probably not. I probably can't open the gate right. It should, probably somebody else should do it. I, I should be on the cart driving. Yes, I'm equally as terrified. And I might point out, I'm I'm, I'm really good with animals. Clotilda will." We'll do what I say. I, uh, I'm, I'm freaking out. I'm climbing into the car. Rafe's looking around and doesn't really see anyone ready to open the gates and sort of screws up his courage and, and tries to sneak up to the gates to get them open. I'm jumping on the car. It, it's quite easy to open the, the gates themselves, but you want to do it 
I want because there was there was I saw a soldier there before mm. banging on them, so I, I don't want them to see us before we're ready to go. Yeah, no worries. Well, you you kind of scope that out. Um, what's happening in that space? Uh, the the soldier, you know, he test he was only testing it. He's moved on across the street. Bias, you see this as you're coming down. You hear the timbers groaning from that building that's caught on fire over the street. And then it's sort of starting to collapse. And then commoners running out of the fire. Some of them are running with their clothes on fire and um, rolling on the ground and, and running around uh, on fire. And the soldiers are just standing there uh, jeering and taunting them and uh, even preventing them from being able to get to to water sources to put themselves out. It seems like this is uh, some sort of vile sport the soldiers are practising. Are we going to set the other horses free or set up a, a another cart? Um, I think we should uh, try and, and get the other horses running out to cause a distraction and then come out behind them. How many people can you carry on your cart? Yeah, how? About as many as well, there I'm are player there. characters. <laughs> <laughs> I think a cart can only maybe take two people. A carriage is four. Well, they better get the fuck off my cart then. Because <laughs> <laughs> mm, it's quite a small little jibby sort of thing. Just got one wheel. I mean, it is, <laughs> it is grim dark, right? So. I mean, you'd have to be able to fit. So at least one person's got to be able to sit at the front and drive it. Yeah. And presumably you could fit two people on that two. bench. And I mean, it's yeah. got to be able to carry. If you, took everything, if, you be able, if you took everything off it, I think you could fit four people uncomfortably in it. Mm. Particularly if, if you're mm. a people smuggler. Usually it was more letters and that sort of thing, but there's probably been a... A person or two hidden under a bale of hay or something. Yes. Okay, four people. Uh, so I have six in total. The wagon would carry eight people. Okay. The driver. But th- that's for other people. I'm taking my cart. I'm taking I, my I, horse. I get off my cart and I go inside and say, if you're quick, dearies, you can get this other cart all ready and go in that. We'll let you go first. Uh, so can can we get the gate open? Do I need to roll for that? Or uh, No, it's open when you want it open. Is anyone else trying to come with us? Well, have, how's the time going with Bias coming? Yeah, down? he's downstairs. He he can he sort of notices that there's uh, the inn is quite a few people lighter. Yes, there are um, some other people out in the courtyard tacking up the horses. <laughs> is that the expression? Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, yeah, bridling them all up and and that sort of thing and attaching them to a cart. It sounds believable. Yeah. Okay. I uh, go out there. A, a few of the other townsfolk, they they spill out in the courtyard and talking to um, Marja. Do you think you think we should also do the cart and and and? Uh, well, it seems like an idea to start the sweet uh, child. Why not? Hmm. God will protect us. Well, the the word gets around at your suggestion, and two of the people they can actually um, manage a, a wagon. I sort of saunter up and ask, what's the plan? We go out there in wagons and... Well, the soldiers are pretty sparse. I say we get up as much speed as we can and just and try and try and make it out to the river. Oh, right. Jorg says, yeah, I, I would be able to, um, yeah, hitch up the cart. And will you lead and, and we'll follow you? Because we're a very slower vehicle. Uh, oh, I su- oh, yes, I suppose we can, we can go first. Fantastic. Right, so they all uh, get to hitching up the, the covered wagon. I'm going to scamper back inside and grab some supplies, something that we can eat if we make it out, and then 
You're stocking up on rations and yeah. um, different things. Maybe even make up another bottle bomb or two. Yeah, a, I was going to say that. A, do I know how to make a Molotov cocktail? With a cloth and a, and a jug of some sort of whiskey or mm. vodka. Snaps. Okay, ro- roll a D6. Five. Five? You find five suitable receptacles to, in which to make Molotov cocktails. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> However, as you go for them... Ludwig says, you're going to have to pay for that. <laughs> I take out my rolling pin and <laughs> just give, give him a, a tonk on the head. And, There's your payment, boy. Make an intimidation check. <laughs> 25. Mm. He uh, takes a, a foot back, but his wife comes and, and grabs him by the arm and uh, whispers something to him. He goes, hmm, well, I'll tell you what, you take our children with you. And you can have whatever you want. There's a good lad. I'll give him a pat, pat on the cheek and, and usher over the children. Hey. How many children were there? Three children. Would they fit in the wagon with us? So the wagon has four horses and the cart has one horse? Just one, yep. One thing, it, in terms of driving the cart, you know, having the whole front bench to yourself is going to be more effective so yep. you can really... Put your your you know your thighs and your into it to turn the turn that horse and keep it moving how you want it to. I mean, the thing to bear in mind here is Rafe is not making a plan with everybody. I mean, he's basically waiting for <laughs> Joan to come back out, and then they're going. It's, yeah. He's not waiting for everyone to pile into the other <laughs> wagon or like this is not some joint plan. <laughs> okay, so who's um, getting into the cart with Rafe? Me. How big are these children? Uh, I think one's the eldest one's eight, and then it's like six and two, um, uh, four. I'm gonna hand one of the smaller ones to both to hold in the cart. I'm gonna hold the youngest one, and the eight-year-old can. Who's coming with me? I'll take. A few. I'm going in the other wagon. The eight-year-old can sit next to me on the cart then. Okay, the cart's getting a bit full. So we've, so far on the cart, we've got Marja. Are you on the cart or the wagon, uh, Bias? Can I fit on the cart? It's first in, first serve. So yep. if you want to be there... <laughs> it depends how quick you are because as soon as it is full, Rafe is going. <laughs> I, I, hand, I hand you the four-year-old and, and just usher you straight onto the cart. Okay, I jump on. I climb up behind you and... I'm already on there. That's full then, it's going. Um, (laughs) Oh crap. So you've got all three kids on the cart with Rafe. Yeah, that's why I got on this cart because I thought the kids should stay together. Mm. I'm on the wagon, I'm going to race back inside really quick, say, look, I'm I'm taking the wagon, anyone wants to come. Can you drive? I can drive. Would you like to drive? Um, Yeah. (laughs) Okay, great. Yeah. Helmets. On the wagon. So I can drive, but I'm also freaking the, out. The dog's so. the co-pilot. <laughs> I guess. I've, I've left uh, uh, two bottle bombs Thank on, you. on the wagon yeah. seat for you. So. There are 12 other people. Is anyone coming or is anyone choosing to come? And how many will fit? They sort of see this 13-year-old boy <laughs> on a, a large cantankerous wagon going drat. I wish we got on the cart. <laughs> Lars thinks he's going to be safe. Because he's rich. Lenny, she was going to try and beguile the soldiers with her womanly charms. So there's a bit of a uh, push to get onto this wagon. Some people are going for it. 
others are a bit slower off the mark. Now, do any of these people have weapons of any sort? I think the only weapon in the whole inn was the arbalist, wasn't it? Yeah, there was the arbalist hanging above the... Well, we have our own, though. Pass. I've got a bow. Plus, we have three children we can drop strategically as a distraction. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm too old to be taken care of. I don't th- of children. I don't, I don't think anyone here is probably trained with a crossbow. I think you're say, I don't think anyone here is trained with a child. <laughs> child dropping. Well, that's that's not a <laughs> that's, that's not going, a trained yeah. skill. That's just like <laughs> lob. My, my, my cataracts are playing up. I accidentally <laughs> threw the child. <laughs> right. Well, everyone gets on the car on the wagon except for Ludwig, who will not. Uh, he's going down with the ship, so to speak. Catherine, who. Uh, believes that she'll be saved because they all worship the same god. Jacob's going to stay with Master Ludwig. He believes him a good master and uh, trusts in his employer. However, the man of God, Sepp, he is definitely getting on the wagon, taking example from Marsha. And Lars is staying, that person of importance with all the bejeweled rings. So eight people get on the wagon as, as your passengers. And how many will it take? So is Lars, that the maximum? Ludwig's wife. Was on the way again. Steffi, so, yes. Yeah. Um, the mother's there, yeah. Yeah, I hand her baby back to her. So Reinhold's joined the wagon. He's drunk as a skunk. <laughs> oh, well, he's going over if need be. You can use him as a bottle bomb. Well, exactly. He's the... <laughs> Otto's still in the uh, the cellar. You can hear him <sighs> scraping and digging away. Well, maybe it'll work out for him. Maybe we're the idiots here. Certainly when this house collapses on fire, he'll be uh, suffocated. Oh, poor Otto. Only time will tell. Yeah, okay. So can any of you people fire a bow or a crossbow? Yeah, sure, says Jork. Okay, I'll pass him my bow and arrows. What and about the crossbow in there? Yeah, grab the crossbow. With three quarrels. Hey, three shots is better than no shots. Exactly, yeah. Okay, if they grab that and then we load up and then we're out. So to use an arbalist, I think you need to be trained in a martial... Uh, weapon. Otherwise, you flip to fire it. I'll see if there's any of these commoners can do it. No, none of them know how to use this uh, mighty majestic weapon. Well, I'll take it anyway. If nothing else, it looks intimidating. Exactly, yeah. And we're out of there. <laughs>